The Mixed Bag on the After Reality Podcast Network. She is Kate Gunderson, and he is the maestro, Will Simmons. And he's our golden bachelor, Spencer Kitley. And this <laughs> is the Megapod, the Mixed Bag Bachelor Nation Megapod on the After Reality Podcast Network, presented to you by our partners at Fantasy for Reality, Fantasy the Number 4, reality.com, where we have lots of stuff going on right now. Bachelor in Paradise, Golden Bachelor, Survivor, Big Brother, all the things. And all those things will be talked about here on the Megapod. I, I Did I say Survivor? The Challenge? All these things. We will be talking about all of them today. But you may be saying, well, Spencer, why are you so excited? And what's going on? But this is our 500th episode. Wow. wow. Jamming it all into one gigantic Megapod. And we're, we're, we're here to celebrate. Uh, will, what is a good word? Um, I'm a little feeling good about this TV we have in front of us. Uh, so pretty excited about that. Plus, we have new stuff on the way in the next few months. So, never, never an ending uh train of reality TV here. And Kate, what is the good word for you? The good word is you guys really benefited. Maybe you're the only people that benefited from the writer's strike because there is so much reality TV content to to cover right now. I don't know how you guys are going to keep up. It's it's a lot right now. I mean, we've we've re, we've talked about it. There's at least for me, there's seven hours of stuff that I watch. On that's not sustainable. And on, people as on Thursday night only, there's seven hours. That plus the all the other nights. Also, he has children. I don't know how he keeps up. And he and I think you coach a baseball team or something like that. Um, my other question is: yes. Have you guys been doing? You guys did, have done 500 episodes before, or was there someone before Will, or was you guys from the beginning? Funny you should. Question. I have some, I have some stats for us today. So, Will, his he first guested on the podcast in March of 2016. That was episode episode 96, uh, and then full time about a year later in April 2017. That was episode 127, and we talked the challenge invasion. And Survivor Game Changers on that episode. Uh, so Will's been around for a lot of them. Uh, Kate, your first appearance was January 14th, 2022. Uh, okay. Episode 414, talking episode two of Clayton Eckerd's season of The Bachelor, which ended up being quite the doozy of a season where we had no idea what was going to happen on that show. Right, and a lot has come from it, including the fact that he is this is this is for the gossip corner, but he is not the father of uh, a child that he thought yeah. he was maybe there was like a, there was gossip that he was like maybe the father of this child. He had to get a paternity test with another guy. Anyway, he's not the father. Wow, I I know a lot I, happened. I didn't hadn't gotten that piece of news. Wow, and and I mean, <laughs> and his season still kind of continuing on. We have Rachel Reckia on the beach in paradise. Um, True, and and then way 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 back in May of 2013, the the after reality podcast all started, and uh, this was the show notes from when we recorded 
at the old Austin Opry House here in Austin uh, with really bad recording equipment. Um, this little like pencil microphone that two of us talked into. Wait, why were you at an, the Opera House? Um, my office was in the old Opera House at the time. It was this music venue that Willie Nelson used to own. Whoa. And the show notes from that were Spencer Kitley and Daniel Oler discussed the latest from The Bachelorette, the season premiere of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, the Ryan Lochte show finale, and they also talk real-world Portland and discuss their favorite real-world seasons of all time. The real-world. Ironic, yep. ironic part here, though, is that at that time, Will was on the crew of the real-world Portland season. No. Correct. How wow. about that? Wait, so you were in the industry? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't like, know that. Do you tell? Have you? Do you like tell all the behind the scenes things? Like, uh, and as much things? as I can recall, yeah, as much as I can recall, and um, you know, things have changed. But I still have friends that still work in there, and so like every now and then I'll hear some stuff or they'll yeah. share something with me. But uh, yeah, I was did that for almost reality for three years, and I did TV production for about ten total. So. What shows are your friends on right now? Um, I mean, literally everything. Housewives, Bachelor, uh, a lot of MTV related stuff. Um, Should we start interviewing them? Or they don't do that? Do they not do that? It's not, uh, it's frowned upon a little bit because, you know, you have some NDAs on how stuff works. You know, you know about stuff with the cast that maybe they don't get shared on TV, you know, things like that. So it is a little bit of like a faux pas to kind of talk too much of it. Now they do, you know, they do share things, but like, you know, I don't say anything who they're from, whether things sure. like that. So keep it under more anonymity. But um, yeah, I mean, I remember how this stuff works. So like I could probably get an idea of like what it takes to get to what they're going or what they're going through, what the crew's going through, what, knowing what the cast is going through, things like yeah. that. I wonder like the most mundane things, like, like right now watching the golden bachelor and all those women, like they, a lot of them talk about how they, they love to cook and stuff. Like I want to know about that kitchen in the morning. Like, is that like the <laughs> best breakfast spread you've ever seen? And is it like competing to see who's going to cook? Like the, I want like the mundane stuff. That's probably not under NBA. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like there is, the house is always filthy. Like, especially I did oh, really? worlds. the house is filthy. Like they have to clean it. They don't clean it. Portland season, there was a dog. Dog shit all over the house. They mostly pick it up. Not always. They don't get sometimes... clean. They don't get like a cleaner, a housekeeper. No, no. Everything. Real world is the most raw and like that's why it's like the original because like it literally right. was dropping these this set of people in a house and they have to figure it out. Right? They don't. They're given some guidance on where they can and cannot go based on filming. They right. have certain areas of things they get to get asked to go do because of the show. Uh, but for the most part, it's just watching them sit around and deciding what they're going to do at the next point of their life. So it is it's, literally cleaning, uh, washing dishes, doing their laundry, you know, like whatever. Uh, right. Partying. <laughs> and didn't they also like make them all get a job at the same place sometimes? Yeah. Or something some weird like that. Yeah. Like they're they like, oh, make them make have money. A, Right, they have to give them a job because for a while, like the house isn't paying up, like the show doesn't pay enough to like sustain whatever. Plus, moving into the house, you're required to take care of whatever you're doing. So, if you're, you know, if you are at school, if you have a full time job, if you own a house, you have an apartment, you have to figure out who's going to take care of all that stuff, where your animals are going to go, what your wife's going to do. If you're dropping out of school sometimes or quitting your job, like none of yeah. this stuff is like they basically just here's the, here's a golden ticket, you take it, but the rest is up to you, you to figure out. So, you you live together. Have your life's tape right. together and find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Very, very true. So yeah, it's actually that's why it's the I feel it's the best show that's ever been done because it's the most real thing that, that's ever been done. Now the last seasons, people are much more aware because of social media. Plus they had to give them like access to um a cell phone at times because it literally you're taken away from the rest of their lives and like you know you never know when you get you need to find somebody or talk to somebody so it came a little looser and when it can be looser it became a less uh raw because it's they're hiding things right they're able to text or yeah. they'll, they'll email somebody and they'll just not talk about it on camera so by that na- mm-hmm. that by that nature it really did fall off because now they're too self-aware if they know if they say anything mm-hmm. wrong they'll be canceled or they won't get able to get a job uh, Naya from yeah. season, could not get couldn't get real work for a while because people hated her so much because she was such an asshole on the season. So like this stuff stands out to them now. Where back in the day it was like maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, and maybe I could yeah. be anonymous or maybe you're gonna know me forever. But it didn't stick with them as long as it does now because there's everyone's aware. So and that's that's why when the floor Bama Shore came on, it was like such right. a fresh air because there was no self awareness whatsoever from these people. They just yeah. didn't care, and it was great compelling television for a season maybe two seasons yeah and they became yeah. more self-aware yeah no i've heard this about um people not being able to get jobs even if they're not villains i know someone from love is blind i think nick from like the nick and danny couple um he's he has like a bunch of articles out there saying like he just can't get a job because everyone just sees him as the guy from love is blind and he's like i just want to be a normal person again so i read an article i read an article yesterday that john Season two, Real World LA is driving Uber to make ends meet. Um, no, yeah, I mean, he was one of the OGs. I mean, I don't know yeah. what he got. He was, I think, he was like a tried to be a country singer. Singer, yeah. Mm. Uh, speaking of OGs, um, I I know our our uh, the our uh, CRO has admitted this before, but uh, for <laughs> the box CRO was on an episode of Real World San Francisco because apparently he lived across the street. Mark lived across the street from uh, the real world house when it was filmed in San Francisco and they had a party one night and the crew, the, the folks were allowed to go to that party. And so they filmed it at his house. I know. (laughs) Yeah, Very good. And so, I mean, a lot of stuff going on out in the reality world right now. Kate's mostly focused on the bachelor franchise. She does dabble in, in uh, Vanderpump rules. We'll talk about that uh, here in a little while, but, um, Kate, did you ever watch The Real World? Yeah, yeah. So I have two older sisters, so I watched The Real World at, um, like, an obscenely young age that I probably should not have been watching The Real World. So I was probably, like, maybe nine, ten or something. Um, I watched a few seasons. I remember being very scandalized by Real World Las Vegas. I can't remember what happened in Las Vegas, but I remember being scandalized by it. Um, We would watch it in the secret TV. Not that it was a secret TV, but we would watch it in the upstairs TV, so my parents didn't know I was watching it with them. Um, But, uh, yeah, I did watch for a little bit uh thanks to my older sisters yeah there was a very infamous hot tub scene with two women and one guy in the first i see even bren and trichelle and wow good memory (laughs) yep and and this the second vegas season will worked on Mm -hmm. no way oh that's Mm -hmm. cool and a couple of those people are still alive and kicking in the challenge franchise and and but, but largely speaking the challenge franchise now is being fed by the other Viacom CBS shows, Survivor, Big Brother, etc., mm-hmm. with a, with an infusion of inter- international as well. Uh, and I mean, I guess we've gotten a couple people out of the Bachelor franchise. They haven't made much noise over there, though. Is that yeah. is that an accurate statement? I feel like it is. Yeah, 
I mean, there's also friends of. We've had some family members come on these shows from some of the uh, contestants that have turned into actual compete com- competition uh, players. Uh, yeah, some definitely some a, a European feeders as well, like some of their offshoot shows. So, mm-hmm. it which which we've seen in the Bachelor franchise as well on occasion where we get someone shipped in to the beach on Paradise. Uh, Kevin Went comes to mind when he who. He was with Ashley. Oh yeah, they had like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ashley Eye, right? He's the one. No, 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 no. That, well, he he was original. Well, he was with Ashley Eye on Winter Games. Yes. And then that was the catalyst for Jared being like, "Oh well, I don't want you to have her. I want to. Yeah. I actually want to be with her." So now they're married and have a kid. And then Kevin and Astrid have a kid. Yeah. Bill knows all these people. He used to watch the Bachelor show. He used to. Yeah, exactly. Throwbacks. Right. Yeah, I'm still one of the, you know, I'm still holding on to the Bachelor franchise. Uh, I know that there's a lot of shows coming in and take its place, but it's still, still uh, has a place in my heart. I also feel like I aged out of it. Not that I'm any older or younger than you, but I feel like I'm us- you know, probably the same exact age, if not close. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just no. feel like Where's I am now the oldest, now I'm the oldest person here. He's the oldest person. <laughs> The oldest, the old, the oldest. Uh, yeah. I just feel like I aged, like I, as I got my life changed. I'm just like I don't care about these people anymore. Plus, it skews a lot younger outside of the Golden Bachelor than it used to. And from there, I'm like I don't identify with these people, nor do I agree with half the stuff. And it's I think also they're all self aware as well, which I think it's the ruins reality TV is that they're too worried about their brand and their marketing, what they could do with themselves if they don't make it, and if they do make it, like they're too in their own head about it, that it's not as genuine as it should be or could be anymore. That's why Paradise is still the, the crown jewel of the thing, because... Yeah, it's, it's actually, a shit show. Well, they're, and they're more themselves, right? Because they're on vacation. They're not... Yeah. In a- but, but Will, I, I understand your concept, uh, your, your thought about aging out of it. Um, nothing really highlighted to me how old I was and how young they are. Um, yeah, except for this this week, Avon was trying to open a champagne bottle, and he couldn't open it. And then they gave him a corkscrew, and I don't know how closely you watched this, Spencer, uh, but he didn't know how to closely. use a corkscrew. Well, he didn't know how to use a corkscrew. Well, that's not what I was worried about, though. We'll talk about this when we talk about the Bachelor. But, but well, a Matt, I mean, Matt <laughs> Kelsey who erupted a bottle of champagne in her face a few years ago. Right. Imagine you break the cork off at the top of the bottle. In the champagne, though, right? Right. You're corkscrewing this thing, and I'm just ready for this tool to go flying off in his face, like right, like like impale somebody. Right. Yeah. I was I was scared to death, and the producers must have been too. The camera people (laughs) zoomed in on on this bottle. I was like, oh my gosh, someone's getting ready to die from a a flying corkscrew. Uh, Would not be the first uh, champagne. issue because one of the guys in the challenge who came from a european show he was awesome his name's theo he was like a world-class spinner sprinter during the off time during like he was partying one night he had a cork go off in his eye and literally almost bl- like basically blinded him so he's like down to like one eye <laughs> no for real like actually blinded yeah. him <gasps> yeah wow Jesus. i think he's able to maintain some sight but like he it fucked him up for a while severely oh diminished eyesight in one in one eye he yeah. has returned to the challenge though and he's a yeah strong competitor still about us yeah <laughs> which yeah. and, i mean we have all these shows on right now we have more stuff coming we know there's a season of all stars on the challenge a regular season of the challenge they're both in the can mm-hmm. of course we have all these other shows right now vanderpump rules should be coming soon winter house who i ran into the cast of while they filmed that was there 
Oh, that's cool. So much good stuff happening, but um, I'm glad we got to all come together, celebrate 500, 10 years, 500. Um, and it's uh, pretty fun to put everybody together here. But we are going to transition on into Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelor, Golden Let's Bachelor. Do it. And uh, Will, we'll see you back here in a little while. See ya. Well, that was fun. And speaking of fun, Bachelor in Paradise is always fun. And we got the real intro package this week, Kate. We got Peeping Tom Blake and Brooklyn the Rodeo Girl and Rachel, who's still not engaged, and uh, Aaron S. swimming in a dress suit. Um, we, He's mature. We, yeah, we, yeah, we of course had Jess with glitter um, and Jesse and Wells munching on a shared taco i I suppose um but glad to have almost paradise because it's not the same without i wish we could bring jorge back to the show because jorge is my i don't exaggerate he's my friend right but doesn't he have like a booming tourism business now or something like that he he did i don't know i haven't seen a lot from it since the pandemic so i don't know if it it survived or he had to start doing something else um Oh right! Maybe I need to take, take another trip down to Playa Escondida and hit my guy, hit uh, Jorge up uh, for a little Jorge's Torres. Yeah, find out. Um, so let's dive into this. Uh, we're picking up kind of the pieces of this love triangle that's getting ready to become a love square, and uh, and and then back to just a pair. But Will has let Olivia know how he's feeling. And then kind of had the fallout of Livia feeling disrespected it for him kind of going with Kylie. And then right away, cue up Avon, his graphic, number one on Kylie's list. Um, also, I think Kylie's the number one on his list. I'm, perhaps. I um, maybe hot take. I like Livia better than Kylie. I, don't, she's, I haven't made an opinion about that, but I'll, but I'll think on it. Maybe she's come, fun. She's maybe, a hoot. Yeah, she's maybe coming off a little cuckoo, but I think it's just because like she's these people are playing hard, right? Yeah, she's good television. She's she's witty. She has great one liners. She's good for Bachelor in Paradise. I was like, hey, what? Well, you're just a placeholder, and ta da, she was right. Um, and, you can read the situation well. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Avon's here in Paradise. It's his first time. Last time we saw him he had asked rachel for like kind of a second chance um so i'm like okay the plot thickens he enters with a date card we didn't really get any interaction with rachel that's what i was gonna say i wanted to see him and rachel have a conversation like i saw them hug for two seconds and i was like that's that can't be it like they have to go chit chat she could have given him the tea like even if they were just going about this as friends like i feel like she would have been a good confidant for him I mean, fast forward two hours, we see Tyler Norris come to the beach in a huge embrace by Rachel when he shows up. Right, and Tyler was fourth, and Avon was third. She's yeah, maybe maybe they've had conversations since, Rachel and, and Avon, so maybe, I don't know, maybe they've solved all the things that were left to solve, or I don't know. Maybe they did give it a go. Maybe, yeah, maybe they did give it a go. Maybe they also just like don't have good conversations, and that's why we never saw much between them on the show, and we never, and then they didn't show this. Yeah. Um. So it's not just Kylie that's into 
Avon. Olivia is too, bringing that square to fruition. And Avon starts kind of pulling people for conversations. And he chats up Kylie, chats up Olivia, and but it's Kylie that he asks, much to the chagrin of Will and and Olivia. Um, and yeah. I, this feels like we're just going to ship them off. Kind of, the, they're they're getting ready to go to Coupleville, and we're not going to see them anymore. I know, but I kind of like it. I really want to see where this one goes. It does seem like they both had each other at the top of each other's list, even though they had seemingly been watching each other from afar. Yeah. And Kylie does seem to like genuinely like care and like Will, just not as much as Avon. I mean, she's like, Hey, like, I think you're great. I see you. Um, You're like the biggest green flag ever, which I remember when we first started teasing paradise months ago, you started talking about how these previews were talking about all these different colors of flags. Do you remember that? Yeah. Green, red, beige flags. He is a lot of green flags. He seems like a very genuine person. Like he should walk away from paradise with someone or short order right after paradise. I think he'll find somebody. Yeah. what do you think of the Avon Kylie boating date? Okay. I, um, I loved it. Uh, I don't know if you caught this at the beginning. Kylie made a joke about, thirst traps like Avon's posting thirst traps and he was like me posting thirst traps because as I discussed last episode Kylie's whole page is just thirst traps of her in bathing suits that's why he put a fire emoji on there right it's- yeah exactly yeah um I thought their date was good like hey a, a yacht this early in the show is actually like money like the they they're shipping them you know what I mean and and we already talked about this this cork champagne scene with Will. I was so nervous when that happened. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Um, I didn't think of it from a injury standpoint. I thought of it from a like, how does this man not know how to use a corkscrew standpoint? And I was just hor- horrified for him. Um, and that will live on in history forever. Oh, gosh, I mean, can you imagine if that thing just went? helicoptering out of there with the corkscrew in it you're right and that could have been serious injury right there especially because he didn't know what he was doing also like champagne is easy to open it's not that hard to open (laughs) maybe his hands twist his hands were had sunblock on them or something i don't know i mean like was it too slippery that and you just snapped it off i Uh, don't know big fail Meanwhile, back at the beach, I think it's Olivia who is referencing Will as moping dick. It's pretty good, actually. Uh, I need her to be on this show. Um, yeah. These two, they had a good date. They flatter each other well. They lounge, they kiss. Uh, it seems like a really good connection. But let's get back to the beach. Yeah. Um, how much liberty did they take with Jess and Blake sharing their favorite curse words with each other in the pool? <laughs> I I really like Jess and Blake. I did not expect them, but what is their age difference? I haven't looked this up because isn't Jess like the youngest on the show? It has and... been considerable, right? What's what's his last name again? I'll look him up. You what who else did we I'll have? look up Jess? We had we got we have Blake Moynes and Oh Moynes. And Blake and Jess her, Blake's thirty three. There's she's twenty three, right? Uh she's either twenty three or twenty four. Okay, so yeah, she's 24 now. She was born in 1999. So wow, um, it's it's a 
close to close to ten years. Yeah, uh, I kind of like Aaron S and Sam, but no secret, I've I, I've I've been waiting for Sam for several years now. Uh, Braden, Aaron S and Sam makes sense. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, they do. Braden and Cat seem to be having a good kind of flirty time at the pool. You know what my thoughts on Kat that I'm starting to realize is Kat is weird, like in a good way, like a fun weird, but she's like kooky and weird. And that is not something we got on Zach's season. Was it Zach's season? Yeah. Um, she was an interesting one there because we were like. She seemed serious there. Right. And and she was yeah. having a little bit of trouble, like getting along. Right. Right. But she seems like goofy and weird, which which is why Brayden makes sense, because Brayden's goofy and weird. You know what? The, you know what would make the show better? Can you can you get which person would make the show better? You, you, the answer is obvious. The answer is obvious. I'm not going to think of it. Who? Well, his shirts and pants. We need Kate Gallivan on the beach again. Of course. What's Kate Gallivan up to? What? What? Oh, try, trying to get on selling Sunset. I'm sure. Um, Wait, she's still not on it. How is that even possible? She has a following. I don't know. I I don't watch the show, so maybe she is on the show. I don't think she is. I think you're right. Don and Rachel, which I like, I feel like he's just kind of in is coasting there until something else comes along, but I may be wrong. I think they, I think they both are actually. Yeah. I don't think she's totally into it. I like, I like them both. Like I actually like Sean. Um, I remember us thinking we weren't going to like him going into the last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he looked like I could punch him, but he's actually one of my favorites I've ever encountered. As we've said before, charity season had just like amazing guys, like very respectful, like nice, good-hearted people. She, whoever whoever was the casting director really knew how to pick them. And speaking of guys from that season, Aaron B, he's kind of oscillating between Mercedes and Eliza. He made out with Mercedes last night. He was hitting it off with Eliza today. And she's like, hey, we're attached to the hip. But now, like, Mercedes is upset because Eliza doesn't really know what happened. And Eliza, again, reminder, was in this that Justin-Rodney love triangle, which was a weird one last summer. Yeah, I mean, this is actually, this is, this was a faux pas by Aaron. Aaron should have, after making out with someone, just at least said, like, hey, I'm, it's still early days, as they say on Love Island. Like, I'm I'm going to, you know, I'm going to chat around. Um, there because should, it's, not, it's weird to, like. Yeah, there should be more of this. Like, paradise is to, like, date around, right? It's not. The so that's the thing. I talk to, I have to be with. Right, and I think that's what Will was saying is, like, it's. Uh, the shows like they're a little bit too self-aware, but on Love Island, they're also self-aware, but they just say like, oh, it's early days. The whole point of the show is to find love. How do you find love if you don't talk to people, if you don't in like engage with different people? So I actually think the show is like a little too, like the people are a little too controlling of themselves. Yeah. I get that Eliza has PTSD. I get that because uh, mm -hmm. it was rough what she went through last year and Everyone loved Rodney, but like, yeah, was Rodney the best catch on the beach? Probably not. He's just a nice guy, right? Um, yeah, and I remember she like, yeah, she chose Rodney because everyone wanted her to choose Rodney, but then she really wanted to choose Justin, and Justin stood up for himself. And then elsewhere on the beach, like Olivia's really wanting a man. Cat Wong is really wanting a man, and um, the men aren't coming down the steps. Instead, it's it's Hannah. 
Hannah Brown. Uh, Hannah Brown, looking amazing as always. As, as I said last week, though, looks a little frail. Um, no, no, she looks ripped. Like she, you know, she has like a six or eight pack, um, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like she is ripped. She has like not an ounce of body fat on her. I don't like how Jesse is like. I can't believe you're here, Hannah. <laughs> I did not expect to see you coming down this. I'm like Jesse. Like, do you, they don't bring you to the production meeting. It's you're just. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they want us to believe that that Hannah Brown, who has very publicly announced her engagement on Instagram, is maybe coming there to date. I'm I'm actually going to do some research real quick to see the day they got engaged. Yeah, because no one seems to really know what's going on. Ah, uh, they got engaged September 16th, so that would have been yeah, they, while they, they were filming. No, they filmed no. like May, June, July kind of thing. Okay, so she was she wasn't engaged yet. So okay, but like also her Instagram is full of this man who's very good looking. Um, yeah, so, I, I think it was May. They usually film in May. I think that's high crab season there. Um, <laughs> anyhow, like they make it sound like she has a date card, which I guess technically she does. Uh, what what was this? It was a shtick, but I actually liked it because, uh, as we, as we'll talk about, like it gets some tea out really early. Like they need to shit, as we've said, like people are too controlled. People are too worried about being canceled. People are pairing off early because of the nature of the show that you can get sent home so quickly that like they do need something to kind of like stir it up. And I think we hear about that too with like, um, Wells's truth box because like as, as we're talking about this now, I'm realizing, Love Island, they talk to more people because you don't get, like, kicked off that easily. You know what I mean? Like, Love Island, like, they give you a few shots to kind of find a person. But here, like, they're going to get kicked off in one day. That's why people are pairing off with people they might not actually be compatible with. Yeah, just just find people that are cool, though, and hang out with them. Uh, I, I mean, she hits the beach. Everyone's surprised. Brooklyn's like, oh, this is game over. I'm like, like, it, it's not. She's just another human. Um and uh, she is not. She is the Taylor Swift of Bachelor Nation, okay. as Jess said. I, I, I believe that. I was just gonna let you bring that up again, so I could bag on Taylor Swift for the third. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but anything she does, she puts her mind to it. She's won Dancing with the Stars. She's won Special Forces. She's just she has a podcast now. I don't She's know. Badass. She has a book. But is she like Taylor Swift and really challenging to date? Probably. <laughs> I mean, you watched the whole season with her. She doesn't let. She's like no bullshitter. Like, I think she's loving. Also, how do you know Taylor's was hard to date? Maybe all the guys she chose just suck. It's been a lot. Uh, Except for Travis Kelsey. Um, the she, Hannah does own one of the all-time great moments in the franchise. The moving when of, she sent Luke Cobra? Moving of the the rose pedestal and and sending Luke P packing um wait do you, wait I, i'm so glad you brought that up did you know they showed that clip to gary and oh, they got gary's they got gary's like reaction to that clip and he's like wow she's courageous and she i'm so glad like he was like so impressed by her like gumption like oh i that i i would be proud if my daughter did that yes yeah that's basically what he said that, yeah i just posted actually on our instagram go check out our instagram um very good and like and you you brought that up. Didn't do the didn't do the social handles or anything at the beginning of this big megapod, but we'll do that at the end. Um, and Hannah interviews like all these dudes, and 
And then eventually it's just like, I'll see you guys at the bonfire night where it's going to be time to get real, um, real world. Um, so we go to this bonfire <laughs> and it's kind of odd vibes, it's not s'mores, it's not kumbaya, and it's grilling of everyone. And like, people were really honest when I felt like it would have been really easy to not be. I know you could have just lied, but I guess like this is the whole point is everyone just is, is keeping their cards close to their chest and it's making it boring television. So maybe they really encourage them to be truthful. Here, I'm going to fly through some of this stuff. Um, Sean says he came here for Jess while he's with Rachel, but then Blake is also saying, Oh, you know, well, I would leave the door open when he's with Jess. And then Kate and Kate and Braden are like, no, we're like definitely here for each other. Uh, but Ham's like, no, 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 I'm thirsty for the tea. And, and like, she's, and then the, she asked Kat. Yeah, go ahead. And then she asked Kat if, if she's waiting for anyone else. And Kat, of course, says Tanner, who I think is going to be the bombshell of, uh, of the, of the island. I mean, of paradise. Um, and Tyler. Uh, because Tyler, Tyler not, not, not to be confused with uh, Tyler Cameron. <gasps> Tyler Cameron, although in an article three days ago, Tyler Cameron said he would be open to being the next Bachelor. Ooh. So remember how he said no for so long because like he was riding high, he was dating Gigi Hadid, and it's kind of like burned off a little bit. And so he's probably looking for ways to like get back in the spotlight, aka Special Forces. He'd, I would totally take him as a Bachelor. Might need some income. I mean, he'd be. The Crim de la Crim Bachelor, and they would give you know they would give him the best edit ever, best edit ever, best dates ever. Like it would be amazing. He would only come off looking good. Yeah, can you imagine him and Jesse Palmer on TV together? It'd be like, oh, those, those, oh. <laughs> those ratings would go right back up. Um, Aaron B. He he doesn't have eyes for multiple women, just Eliza. Um, so okay, shots fired, and. Kylie says Avon is the best kisser in paradise. Um, yeah. I think the Aaron B thing is actually a very bold statement. Um, and I think it just, Eliza doesn't want to date around. She's so traumatized by that. I think Aaron and B and Eliza are, are done deal now. Like they will be together till the end of the show. I think so. I would be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he knows how good of a catch Eliza is. As we've all noticed, like I, Eliza's a great catch. Yep. She's like screwed herself by accident. Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't like get wifed up or husband up while uh, off season, but I don't yep. know. Maybe she was too traumatized. Yeah. But anyhow, after the bonfire, Wells is kind of like, hey, what's going on? What did I miss? Hey, guys, uh, do I need to do scalp fingers while I'm here? Um, and, and, and Rachel feels like there's like a lot of tension and she's not wrong. Uh, but they, no one seems to be kind of like at odds afterwards. It's still like, yeah, we're still kind of playing the game. Right. Uh, but Will has come to realization. The Kylie thing is done. Uh, she has too much spark with Avon. Um, again, Olivia was right about the will being a placeholder. And there's kind of there's some palpable talk by the girls that they hey like we don't have a connection like I already packed my bags like uh, I mean we kind of called those girls too like we could tell Greer and Cat Wong and I felt like Brooklyn I said this in the last episode I felt like Brooklyn was really good TV but I mean sorry spoiler alert <laughs> yeah well I think Brooklyn would do well just not with one of these guys maybe Tyler Norris maybe right Taylor. yeah. She was a week. Maybe she shouldn't have been OG. Yeah. 
I also feel like she always has her walls up for a while. Yeah, so she needs a little bit more time to stew. Yeah, so but let's get into the cocktail and roses. Yeah, Greer, Olivia, Cat Wong, Brooklyn, Mercedes. Those are the ones that are kind of in peril, those five. And Mercedes is telling Will, like, hey, I'm, at, I'm still interested in you. And we're like, I'm like, oh, like sounds like desperate times to me. But <laughs> Will turns into tears, and he's like, it feels so much to be chosen by you. And she's like, well, I'm smitten and excited telling us that in her ITM. And I'm like, what what just happened here? I actually think it is genuine. Um, as like a girl who's obviously been, you know, like interested in somebody who maybe their friend was also interested in, I could see Mercedes quickly like sussing out the situation, realizing like, oh, this guy that I came down here interested in is already interested in two of my friends. I'm not even going to try. So she doesn't talk about it. She doesn't bring it up. She doesn't do anything about it. Um, and then once he's free, she's like, Oh, I'm going in for the kill. I, I actually think she's genuine. She comes off as a genuine person. Um, yeah, I don't I feel I, bad for I, little old Willie. He's yeah. very emotional. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't hate that. And then Kylie, she's like cutting an ITM and she's like peers down and sees them making out. She's like, Good for them. Do you think they could hear her? Which would have been like very weird. Um, probably not. Um, Obviously. Oh, because you know the layout. <laughs> I know the logistics. Um, because the ocean is so loud. Oh, okay. Um, and she's up above, presumably restaurant side, pool side, or actually a lot of the ITMs, they film in one of the few indoor rooms, but obviously that one wasn't because she could see down to the beach. Or there was a window. Yeah, no, she's logistically, she's probably up at the Palapa. She could be in one of the 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 rooms, uh, but but yeah. Yeah, probably the the waves are really loud. Uh, we'll just okay. Leave. Speaking of that, like, why don't they find a new location for Paradise? Because like those waves are really loud and they ruin like a lot of audio a lot of time. The the place is just great. It's so compact, and they can rent the whole. But pl- they also have like private areas. Yeah, they can rent the whole place out. There's no like public people coming in because it's rock bound on both sides so oh. it's it's perfect it's almost like having like a a ranch or something that's all yours to, to oh i didn't think about the the people walking the beach oh yeah. that's so smart especially in mexico where people are trying to like sell you stuff on the beach or braid your hair right whatever. yeah which that does happen if you climb over the rocks walk through the jungle and down into Sayulita town um oh. but uh then there's pilot pete and Greer is vying for his rose, as are many of the other women. But then Pilot Pete is like, I'm going to go try to swoop in on Aaron S. and borrow Sam. Pilot Pete doesn't understand how this show works, but sure, go on. But I don't hate this. Like, if you really like her, shoot your shot, dude. Well, says says Sam's number one fan. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, hey, she's not married to yeah, that Yeah, guy. you're right. You're right. It is shoot your shot. Like Love Island. Like, on Love Island, you would do it. I mean, like, what she's known this guy for two days, that doesn't mean he like they're an item. Right, exactly. Great point. And like he they've all seemed to agree that Sam is one of the most mature people on the beach. I think she may also be the oldest. Um, but like and ask him he's like, Well, maybe this the approach wasn't great though. Are there any red flags about Aaron S's maturity? I'm like That is like the, the uh, is that the most leading question I've ever heard in my life? Yeah. <laughs> And like Sam doesn't like fully indulge in the question, but I guess like maybe it's thought provoking. And I I just wanted to like just be like, hey, I know you're talking to him, 
but I'm interested in getting to know you better. I think you're really attractive. I think you have a great personality and would, would love to, to explore a little more with you. Like that seems like. We, sh- we should have like an offshoot of this podcast where we give, uh, like we prep people. We're like, we're bachelor in paradise consultants and we're like, okay, we're going to run through with your few scenarios. Um, because we've watched a million seasons of the show and we know what you should and shouldn't do. And Pete should have came to our seminar. Yeah, navigating tough conversations with Spencer and Kate. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I will say, though, I thought this was, like, the weirdest thing to go at Aaron S. for, like, his maturity. Because, like, to me, the viewer, Aaron S. in his last season and in this season actually does seem like the most mature person on the beach. Like, what, what, like, is there stuff we're not seeing? Because, like, I go after something else, like, maybe you're their connection, but, like, he seems very mature to me. Like, almost too mature to be on this show. Yeah. Uh, I thought we were going to have a fight. I think we still might have one between these two because uh, he thought he was trying to come cut out his knees. But let's go quick because I want to get to Golden Bachelor a little bit before we get out of here. Um, Roses. Blake gives his to Jess. Braden to Kat. Aaron B to Eliza. Will to Mercedes. Sean to Rachel. Ava to Kylie. Aaron S. And Sam, who gets her first roast ever. And Peter to Olivia. Adios to Brooklyn. Kat and Greer. And no oh. surprises there. We called it. Uh, next week, Tyler Norris is back. He looks popular. Um, pulls Rachel to the side. I'm super pumped. Can't wait to see that. Tanner's there. Um, he, he looks like he asked Cat out. As you are Sam's number one fan, I am Tanner's number one fan. I think he, as I said, is the bombshell of paradise. Maybe maybe Sam and Tanner should go on a date. Uh, <laughs> and Braden's saying that he feels like a dirty whore, which he might not be wrong. Um, and, and then I think the poo baby comes next week. So Ugh, I really don't want to see that. There's that to look forward to. Um, quick look at fantasy for reality, fantasy, the numeral for reality.com where my holy shirts and pants team is leading 445 to 315. Uh, you lost Brooklyn and cat. I lost Greer. Uh, play with, play along with your friends and any of the games. And let's jump in the golden bachelor. And, Jesse Palmer, age forty-four, host. Had a birthday this week, Kate. Yeah, so he'll be he'll be forty-five the next time. I called it. He's a Libra, October fifth. Now that birthday, for some reason, is going to be like seared in my mind. I now know Jesse Palmer's birthday. Although, when they filmed it, he was still age forty-four. So I don't know. Um, oh, you're right. Um, w- were you the one that sent me the tweet, or maybe I just saw it where he actually. It was me, yeah. He, he poked fun at himself and was like, yeah, now age 45. He, he recognizes it's ridiculous. They're giving him a graphic also, which is why we put it out because we think it's ridiculous. Um, also yeah. ridiculous, these women having rooms with no drawers, bunk beds, and a few regular beds, and making plans for senior citizen overnight bathroom runs. This is what I was talking about with Will. Like, I want to know this stuff. I want to know what is it actually like when five or six, like, 60 year old women have to share a room who all have their, their ways. Um, what is it actually like when they, someone has to get up onto the top bunk and then get down in the middle of the night, probably two or three times. And then I also want to know like, what's the, what's the meal situation? Cause I'm guessing these are the best meals like that have ever been made in the mansion. Yeah. Well, assuming that like, I feel like in regular, they, 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 serve them meals i mean they no no no. they no i've heard on another podcast that like the contestants can can ask for certain groceries and make meals okay for the short time that they're at the mansion i don't yeah for like the short time i guess we haven't even thought about this or talked about it like 
I assume we're going to travel on Golden Bachelor. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I also think, like, when they... Okay, how long have they been planning the show? Two, three years? Like, it was announced at the beginning of the pandemic? Long time. Before the... It was probably four years ago. So they didn't change the sleeping arrangement. They didn't change the timing of when they're filming this goddamn thing. So they're still making these poor, poor women and men stay up all night during rose ceremonies. Um, as we see at the clip at the end of The Golden Bachelor, just give them chairs. A 60-year-old woman should not be standing for that long. She's going to pass out. And then you're going to have a whole different show on your hands. Well, like, sleeping arrangement was slightly different. There were some standard beds. And I think that's because there's fewer women, so they have more room. They don't have to have all bunk beds. Um, but yeah, and it's it's interesting. I want to get into some of these dates. We don't have to go blow by blow, but Teresa, you're never too old to find love again. And Gary shows up in this vintage Corvette. And this goes horribly wrong. <laughs> it seems like it's going to be a great date. And then you know what it was? It was a adrenaline trauma bonding date just by going on that highway. <laughs> an unplanned one though um, an unplanned one and like they said that like the high, high headlights weren't working but like then there kept being these lights and i like were they like those lights on a truck in front of them that they were shining back at the car that we were seeing in a reflection I, no i think he had to hold the light down like i i think maybe he didn't know the right setting and i think he was basically flashing his his like high beams the whole time oh okay so trying to do that to and- yeah I don't know. And then they go to this Cadillac Jack's diner, fries and shakes. We can learn a lot more about uh, Teresa. She, too, had a longtime spouse died. Uh, it's been almost a decade for her. And you're at a 50s diner. Why is the dance squad doing Don't Stop Believing and not a 50s song? <laughs> I did that. Honestly, that didn't even occur to me. I was just like, I love this scene. I love the Golden Bachelor. I was, like, dancing along with them. Old people love to dance. Yeah. That is like, is that going to be the tagline of the Golden Bachelor? Old people love to dance. Every show has, every episode has had a lot of good dancing so far. Jerry, we need you to deliver this one quote. And you're like, and we just like, you got to Don't stop believing. And Jerry says it. And then the diner breaks out in the dance flash mob thing. The kiss. Uh, well, she had no idea what was happening at first. So even if he had delivered it well, they, uh, she kind of fumbled that ball. One. I thought it was interesting from the get-go. I was, I was, I was talking to my wife when we were watching. I was like, "Are these all extras?" Because usually we don't see all the people. I was wondering too. I think they're like the people at, like the the staff. I think this diner does this. Oh, okay. You think so? Yeah. Like, do you want to have you been to that place in New York that's like a '50s diner that is also a Broadway show? No, I haven't. Okay, so I think whatever, go look it up. I bet it's one of these places where, like, they put on a show during your diner meal. And I think that's what this was. And so I think they just didn't have any other customers. Are you looking it up? I am. Cadillac Jack's? Cadillac Jack's Cafe is at the Pink Motel, which is a retro movie set and props place. Um, And I don't know if it's... Actual. Oh, it's just it's it's you're right. It's not a diner. It's a movie prop for rent. Yeah, that's... they just rented this place and brought. Was the food made up? Now I feel completely bamboozled. Like bamboozled. This is rude. Um. Anyhow, that was that date. 
Teresa seems like someone he really likes. Romance novel cover shoot gets really, really wonky. We have Franco, the the flamboyant photographer, back and Jerry. Like, why is he wearing this awful zippered shirt to begin with? Um, and he puts on this Fabio wig, and it's a mess in every photo. And all these women are wearing like a variety of different eras of costumes, and I couldn't quite get a grasp on it. Uh, as you know, I always hate the photo shoot dates. Um, this was probably like a, a cute one. I love how there was like um, there was like tension over the girl who also wanted the '60s, you know, hippie era, but had to do the '70s. Um, also, how everyone talked about the '60s, it just made me like want to go back to the '60s and experience the '60s. Sounds like it was a great time. Yeah, well, it wasn't a great time here for Nancy, who had to wear a wedding gown, and she's very Aww. emotional. I felt really bad for her. She brings up all these past emotions. Her husband died 12 years ago, and I put did the math. When she was 48, so when she was young, she's 60. Yeah. And I can't remember. Nancy's not the one with... I don't think we really knew much about Nancy before this. She, no. she one that was like... Oh, it's in the background wasn't the one that's like oh i have some ear candy too was she i honestly can't i honestly just i'm gonna be very honest with our listeners right now i can't remember anybody's name from the golden bachelor for some reason it's just like there's there's too much going too much i have to store for paradise that the names for the golden bachelor are just not getting there i think maybe she was the one with the with the ear candy as well and um and but jerry has a nice response to her when she talks to him and you know i i think he feels bad and he's like oh well tells this story about Smelling Simmon coming out of a place and how I reminded him of his wife in the, in a similar way. And he gets to know a lot of these women and Nancy does get the group date rose. And then at the house, we had a surprise party for uh, Gary's birthday. Had a, have I been calling him Jerry? His name's Gary. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I got to think like, have we ever had a birthday on the show before in all of these seasons, particularly for the, I mean- for the lead we haven't i know sometimes there's random like little cakes for other people but um i don't think we've had one for the lead which was so sweet um i will say like after nancy's situation what what i've noticed about the show is this is not your average reality tv show because like you want to come in and have like snarky things to say about the people i don't think i'm ever going to have a bad thing to say about these people I'll have a bad thing to say about production and, you know, almost killing them on a highway. Um, but like this show is, is like the most heartfelt reality TV show I've ever watched. And I do wonder for people who have lost a spouse, like, is it helpful or is it painful to watch? Like, would this be cathartic for other people to see all these other people who are, cause like so many of them are going through the same thing of like losing their greatest loves. It's almost like a PSA, right? Of like, yeah. <laughs> You, you'll be like okay. it's okay yeah it's like it's a group therapy almost yeah i mean it's a full party susan pops out of a cake like like it's under siege um and 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 she, and she gets some quality one-on-one time and at one point in the party gary is in the top bunk of joan's bed with her discussing their relationships um gary gives ellen a photo of them on the wedding dress date and he has Ellen in tears of making her feel so special, which like the smallest gesture on this specific show goes a long way. It goes so long because I think these people have been so incredibly lonely for so long, you know, 
he said that this week. I, I think I had it somewhere in in the notes about but, that like profound loneliness. Yeah, he said it at the date. It, it was like, I have a great group of friends, but I'm lonely. I know. Um, I can't even imagine. Teresa and Nancy already have roses coming in. This Leslie, who is the one who seems to have had like a lot of life experience and like really partied hard. Um, she's one of the dual hearing aids. Uh, Joan, Edith, Ellen, who was the one that got the gift, the photo. Sandra, Susan, who is the the cook and the hairstylist, and had the great quote of like when she's doing someone's hair, and she's like, "Can you do this?" And she's like, just "I've like, done hair for thirty years." Although the second, but she did Teresa's hair right before she got in a convertible, so then the hair was totally ruined. I didn't get to see the final product and to actually judge Susan's yes. skill. Um, Christina, Faith, who was a, a big key player in episode one. April, yeah. finally, Kathy. It's my girl from Austin. Um, so I was excited to see her hang around. Twelve women remain. Um, we said goodbye to a few people this week. I'm drawing a blank up. To, I, uh, Peggy, Natasha, and maybe one other. I can't help you. I remember. I know no names. Yeah. They were harder to keep up with this this week. I, I, I'm not sure if Marina was there this week or if she went home in week one. But there's 12 one and one women left. Nonetheless, looking ahead to next week, it's like Jane Joan goes on a date. It's like Faith mm-hmm. has the makeouts. Teresa's in tears. Uh-huh. Gary's in tears with Faith. I mean, Gary was in tears when he had to send these women home. It's Gary's going to be in tears every single episode. It's only going to get harder, Gary. Oh, poor Gare Gare Bear. Can we call him Gare Bear now? You can call him whatever you want. <laughs> we'll call him late for dinner. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts here on the Golden Bachelor? I just like love how authentic and genuine and sincere the Golden Bachelor is, and I hope it stays that way for the rest of the season because I I do think we're experiencing a not that this is like that monumental, but like a once in a lifetime reality you know, show thing, because after this season, it will inevitably change because the people who watch the season will change it. And the people who apply next will change it. But I really like seeing the first of, of you know, the first of its kind. Like some of these women seem to have never seen the show before because of the way they react to certain situations. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Wait, the, the envelope. She's like, what's that? Are you going to open it? We have to open it. Yeah. I'm going to leave this here. That, that's a date card. One of you need to <laughs> I liked it. Uh, um, we'll wrap things up. Fantasy for reality, fantasy normal for reality.com. Obviously, where you can, where we're playing our golden bachelor game. We're actually, we're not playing because Kate still hasn't signed up to play. Um, but it's not as high scoring because not as much drama happens, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. check that out for any of our shows. And want to welcome Will back in. We are going to dive into the mixed bag. But before we do, uh, we already talked a little bit about, like, Kate used to watch The Real World a little bit. Obviously, Will and I watch all the things. Um, but, Kate, you watched The Real World a little bit. You got into Vanderpump Rules this year. Obviously, that's one of our favorites on the on the mixed bag. And more than welcome to co- when it comes back in season to come, come join us for uh, a trio conversation. You had a different viewing experience than Will and I did, who, I, well, I guess, Will, we watched this over 10 years. Was it 10 years? I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's crazy. 10 seasons. And, but, and Kate, you're like kind of watching in reverse. 
First off, thoughts on the the train wreck that is Vanderpump Rules? I love it. I think it's actually my favorite reality TV right now. And I know I'm not supposed <laughs> to say that because we have literally a, an entire podcast just, uh, uh, devoted to Bachelor. But um, there's just such good gossip and there's so much social media around it. I actually love, I think I figured it out. I love the social media around the reality TV shows because like I get so much more like entertainment and memes and things that we can share and talk about and conspiracies and this and that. Um, so it's kind of like keeps entertainment going. Yeah. And I mean, and, and it kind of spills over now, right? We have Ariana's on dancing with the stars. Tom was on the masked singer. Now Tom is on, um, special, special forces yeah. with Tyler Cameron crossover. There you go. I really like special forces. Like I, I didn't really watch the Hannah Brown season, but like it's real. Like, oh, is it really good? I was thinking of starting that one, but I kind of want to see Hannah win. Yeah. Like I want to go back and watch Hannah's. Yeah, I actually saw like the last episode of it, so I didn't get to see it. But like, it's drill sergeants screaming in these people's faces and i watched the first episode i haven't seen the second episode and tara reed is just like a a shell of a yes. like she's she? like like it's so bad like and she's in it but she it's, looks real bad too it's so sad though she has this breakdown did you watch any of it well no i saw a clip and i just know that she's had some botched surgeries and she is just it's, yeah, and well, she's talked it's, about it yeah it's like it's it's kind of funny that not funny i kind of but it's sad that she's still willing to do this, whether it's for money or just to stay relative. Either way, I'm like, wow, like you are really needing whatever this is. When she shows up and she tries to smuggle in like mini packs of cigarettes. Nice. And, oh, jeez. Like, didn't really seem to like go out of her way to get in any kind of like physical shape to go on this show. And she's pretty mentally weak. But she has a meltdown in the first episode about like how her life has just been really hard and like. Um, she's aged really poorly and she can't get roles and she, I can't make American pie anymore. And it's like, I used to be hot and like, and things haven't gone well. And, and I have a tough life. I, I know first yeah. for her. No, that's sad though. Sucks. Cause like, you know, we, we grew up with her um, and she was iconic for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I heard that like Hannah Brown, like beat out, when Hannah in Hannah's season, she beat out like a like sports like athletes, right? Like professional athletes to win. And there are professional athletes on on this season. Though the one that comes to mind is Des Bryant is on this season, and he's in tremendous physical condition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the I think the per, her, the co winner with Hannah Brown. I don't know if it was co winners or not. Was Carly Lloyd the um, two time World Cup uh, team captain midfielder? Um, for the women's national team, so that that was pretty cool as well. But I mean, imagine like competing against, um, like losing to Hannah Brown, who's like just she was like a a pageant, you know, girl, and then she was in The Bachelor, and like, and she won Dancing with the Stars. She's she's like she and Jess says this at one point in Bachelor in Paradise. She is kind of the Taylor Swift of the Bachelor Nation. Like anything she tries, she does. And I, for her, I think she's just mentally tough, mentally strong. She's been through I think it. So too. And, and that's what pulled her through on that show. But uh, enough about that. As we continue 500 rolling on, Kate, we will say goodbye to you. And Will and I are going to dive into the mixed bag. 
we'll kick things off here with Big Brother. Some other stuff we're going to hit on. We're going to talk Survivor. We're going to talk Challenge in that order. But Big Brother this week. Um, on s- last Sunday, uh, last or last week, we saw Cameron win HOH after battling his way back in the house. And then we saw him power through, also win POV, and kind of sets the stage for the week where he's kind of, what is he going to do with all of this power? Well, ha- first off, let's like, Cameron's pretty incredible with how he's playing this game, but like, what do you, what are your thoughts on his play this week and kind of trying to navigate the decisions with the POV, et cetera? Yeah, no, it's pretty impressive. This is like one of like an all time run. Uh, I've re- referred to the survivor Culpepper uh, run where he had to win every event because he was going to get voted out every single time. So Cameron's kind of in that position where he needs to be in some sort of power or he could be on the block every, every week here. Uh, you know, like I understand, like he's battling which who to nominate because, like, he definitely has some people on one side of the house that he is not really working with, uh, Mimi, Felicia, kind of thing, but or Felicia. But it's also like Corey and Merrick are just sitting there acting like they're running the house when they're really not. They're just people are doing things that work out for them. But like Corey is actually the biggest threat in the house at this point, where everyone else is pretty much second, third best here. Um, so I, I he has a real important uh, decision <laughs> ahead of him because this will kind of dictate the rest of the game here moving forward. I keep forgetting that Corey is this, a national champion in speech debate. He, al- he also goes to Vandy, so he's not a dummy. Right. Uh, right. And and then I sent you a thing the other day. His brother was on Survivor. He was the first person voted out on his season or Survivor the season that uh, Marianne, big smiley Marianne, yeah. won. And which is crazy because he's so into talking so sorry about Survivor on the show. Did you, did you not remember this from the beginning of the season? They actually talked about it. They did. I didn't remember. Yeah, it, it wasn't much. And then he told he told America his big secret was that his brother was on Survivor was the first one voted out. She like made fun of him. Uh, she was like, "Ooh, big secret." <laughs> hello, We're home first. Yeah. We're home first. Huh? Yeah. yeah, no, it's pretty fun. It's pretty crazy though. He's, he's a connection to Suri in a roundabout way. So Cam is seriously considering pulling one of his noms, Mimi or Felicia, off the block and putting up Corey, which he's so concerned with. Like, I don't want Felicia on the jury. Yeah, it's too early to be worried about who is or is not on the jury. I think you should be curating who you can beat at this point. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess Felicia does have some draw with being on the jury. She's she's a, everyone does like her, and she's a, she you know gets her point across. But I guess I don't know. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about Felicia and him. Like if if he doesn't do Felicia wrong, then Felicia could actually be in his alignment. Could actually like side with him and it came to a vote, right? But like, yeah, I, I don't know why he's so harping on Felicia being the the big target here in comparison like, to like whoever's there. Yeah, she seems to like him better than Sari likes him. We know Sari. Right. Well, like Mimi could actually win as we kind of figure out. Mimi actually could win things. She's come out second a few times. She's done well in some of their comps where Felicia's going to win if by chance, kind of like the HOH this uh, right after this vote. <laughs> of course, he left the noms the same, but Will, should he have put Corey up? Uh, I think that would have been the best move. Um, that takes one of two people out that is actually playing the game really well and can do things later on, but you know, you, you get your head stuck in one world and you can't get it out. So I see both sides. I see the side of, yes, he's the biggest threat. Take him out while you can. But I also see the, I'm Cameron. I'm a, I'm a big threat. At least there's another option if Corey's here. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, ultimately, we saw Mimi get ousted from the house, not Felicia. And is is she the the right one of the two to send out of the house and 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 not be on the jury? Mm. 
Like I, I, I think she's a better competitor in competitions for sure. Is but she's also maybe someone that is easier to make like you and on the jury. Well, Felicia's kind of got her mind made up on who she likes. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I mean, also we don't know really what Mimi's up to because like Mimi doesn't really say much, even though she drops a lot of hints. Like I'm not gonna like she did when she made her vote. She's like I'm not falling for it. I see through everyone's bullshit. Like she's smarter than most people get. Like like we we don't have much of her, so we don't give her much credit. But like she's really smart. She works as a political analyst of some sort. Works in the government. Like she's super smart. So leaving her there, she will figure things out, and she gets a chance to win. She could do more damage than Felicia would, right? Because Felicia's gonna have her own little gripes and things to like get people out, but. I think Mimi is probably the stronger competitor, so it's the best thing to do at that point. And Mimi didn't have much to say until she went out of the house, though. Right. Which shows that she was going to blow something up as soon as she got the chance. Yeah. Um, and that, that all led us into the social media comic recognition HOH trivia competition that saw Bowie and Felicia square off in a tiebreaker. Again, Felicia has been HOH and is the finalist here, so in the right competition, she can be a competitor. Yeah. But Bo Jane wins the, the HOH most opportune time for her and in an, an hoh that saw sari have to be asked by julie chin every single question sari i need your answer <laughs> like so annoying i was like come on i think she was are either you're in deep thought or you're just guessing yeah yep i mean yeah i'd be like it is pretty critical if like sari knows she has work to do to get back into the to the mix of things also does she want to be in the front of anything so i don't know I, I, there's a couple strategies to be working there either she's trying not to win it or she's trying to win it because she feels like she might be on the block immediately so i uh, would i would say i would um this this might be i may be re- reaching a little here but i'm gonna go with it i think sari has the least chance of anyone in the house to win at this point yeah she hasn't done anything yeah. outside of like ma- manage some behind the scenes stuff she hasn't won anything she hasn't like voted anything you know she's done the bronx on the vote recently <laughs> like i, I mean I, I think I vote for anyone in the house right now over her. Right. Even, yep. Including Felicia, right? Because Felicia has has done more. Yep. Same time, we know how this works. If she gets all the way there and everyone knew she was managing behind the scenes all this action and somehow kept, kept herself out of off the off the block, out of the being voted out, there is a lot of, you know, like rewarding to, reward to that. Um, but it also depends on how the house feels about it. Um, she so. can also tell the story of like, everybody knew who I was, right? They knew yep. how to play games. And I still got here. So, and I'm Jared's mom the whole time, and y'all didn't figure it out. <laughs> when uh, uh, Mimi went home, she uh, maybe the most shocked person yet about that revelation. Yeah. And she'll be the last one that hears that revelation because they won't tell the jury members. Right, right, right. Um, so we entered Sunday. Battle lines are pretty clearly drawn, and it's kind of like what will, what's going to be the fallout of all the negatives that Felicia was slinging at Comerica. And there's a lot of talk between Jag and Cameron and Bowie about appeasing Corey to make him think he's okay. And that was kind of from last week. And because the, uh, they did a lot of flashback on Sunday and Jag working behind the scenes to keep Cam and Corey both happy, which Jag's playing a really good game. But Bowie might have been the best person not named Matt or Jag for Cameron to have in power, right? Because she's. Yeah. He hasn't wronged me. And yep. we've both been out. They, they kind of been outsiders together. That would be a really good final two. Well, for sure. Cam and Bowie sure. put their heads together and be like, hey, and call themselves the outcast. Yep. Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Uh, but, and I keep forgetting that she's an attorney. <laughs> like, Yeah, because they posted like Barrister and DJ, and I'm always like, Barrister. I was like, oh, you're Australian. <laughs> 
But um, she's also working with Matt and Jag. I they came really close to giving themselves an alliance name, but she called it later on called it like a a semi-final three alliance with them. Yeah. But now Comerica wants to work with them. Comerica's throwing themselves at everyone, and and there's some. This might have been the funniest episode of the season. Well, I, I laughed out loud a couple different times. Um, B- Blue and is there? She's just kind of existing. They seem to think she's a big threat, but she doesn't really have anyone. Is am I wrong? No, doesn't have anyone. And honestly, she's ex- she's. Because she was so divisive about like how she felt about Jared, like people don't really trust her at this point either. Because they they kind of like, well, you're with Jared, like we we knew that, and now that Jared's gone, she's kind of like recoiled. So it's like, yeah, you basically have Sari only because you know the secret. <laughs> what did I, I keep wondering though? Does Sari know that she knows? I I think we talked about this. I think she does. I think Jared told her she told him or told her that she told Blue. Yeah, it, I mean, it would be important for Sari to know that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like she would at this point. She has nothing else there, right? I mean, like, it's just weird how Blue was with Jack. He, she was like the fourth or fifth member of this other Blue and Jack, uh, Matt and Jack uh, fourth alliance. Person, fourth person to the fugitives, right? Right. And now it's like she's kind of just on her own again. Um, yeah. yeah. I, Matt and Jack, like, it would benefit them to just draw a line in the sand and be like, we're, we're rolling with Cam and Blue. And, and it's the four of us against the rest of the house. Yeah. Like, because they could win everything. Um, but, and then maybe the best line of the season, I think comes in the, in this next scene, Comerica, Jag and Matt are all talking about noms or they're really getting into things. And, and it's about like going after Cameron and Cameron walks in and and Corey goes, Oh, Hey, we're, we're talking about noms over here. And Cam goes, Oh, are one of you secretly the HOH? Yeah. (laughs) I laughed out loud. Great. I mean, it was ballsy all episode. Corey's like, Hmm, who do I want nominated this week? And it's like, bro, you didn't win. Like you don't like you don't have the power you think you have. I mean, I get it. Everyone can kind of like, oh, I want to throw my two cents in there and kind of help shift that thinking toward there. But like Corey actually thought he could tell Bowie what to do. And these guys also started hinting at it. And it's kind of like, come on. Like, there, I mean, I, we haven't seen much of Bowie, so we don't really know how pushover she is. But like, serious. I mean, there's so much talk about who needs to go home. Yet nobody is talking to Bowie about it. No, they're all talking to each other about it. And it's like, you think you just go tell her what to do? I mean, the Felicia Vito speech, Mimi's exit speech, certainly has the house on notice about Comerica. And, like, Matt, I don't know why Matt and Jag really think Cam should go home this week. I, he, sh- in my mind, should be more trustworthy than Corey and, Comer- and America are. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like, I think the Fugitives' best move would to have Blue, Sari, Letitia go up. Some of them. Um, and and it's probably Sari and Letitia, which Letitia or Felicia, Felicia. Oh, sorry, I <laughs> taking some late night notes here, and, and it might have gotten <laughs> autocorrected. And, and yeah. um, but I feel like that would protect Matt and Jag from all angles. Like they don't, you don't have to burn Cam, and you don't have to burn Comerica, so you're still aligned with everyone. Yep. I don't. I I just feel like I agree. That could could do the trick for them. Yeah, and and no, I hard argue. Personally, like I'm happy that Bowie doesn't want to put Cameron up, and I'm hoping she stays with that and and doesn't backdoor him because I would really hate for Cam to go home on a backdoor. 
For sure. I, I think Bowie outwardly saying she doesn't want Cam to go up there. I think she's like not going to do it, at least this week, right? I feel like this week she's not going to do it. There's enough people in front of her. Um, I feel like there's a backdoor. It's going to be a Corey backdoor, right? If if one of those nominees gets to take themselves down, I feel like Corey's the best option to go up from there because he's the one that's, you know, she already kind of has an eye out for him, you know, and everyone else has kind of mentioned it too. So like, I feel like there's no, Cameron's safe for one more week at this point, unless he does something stupid, which he hasn't done yet. Yeah. Like, Playing arguably the smartest game in there, right? Like Corey is smart, but is playing a little hard. Yeah. Also playing hard without doing anything, right? Like he hasn't like he he's playing hard, but he's not in power. So he's like his agenda on people that are in power. He wants everybody else to do his bidding for him. Right. Which they get brought up. I mean, like how like all the people that have gone home lately, Corey is kind of teed up to a point. America, uh, America actually helped tee up a few of them. Like she also is playing this as well, but Corey's like the front runner as far as a spokesperson for them. So. Yeah. The next comical moment came when America wants Bowie, like goes to Bowie and it's like, hey, like there's a strong duo that is forming in Cameron and Blue, and you need really need to take a shot at them. And I like <laughs> the same time that Bowie's sniffing this out, I'm saying this out loud at my house. Like she's like, hmm, that's rich. The biggest duo in the game is Corey and America. They even have a name, Camara, yeah. and you are trying to point a finger at a duo. That might not be, be your best, like analysis of what's going on to try to pitch me on uh taking yeah. or and it's yeah. actually maybe contrary to your oh, oh yeah a big duo maybe i should tr- focus on a big duo <laughs> yeah. yep who would you uh, if you're bowie who would you nominate? uh i think i put up core in america i think like I, I don't think it's too early for that i think you get them out now because they could like it, something could happen and they, one of them ends up winning hoh or gets a veto, and then all of a sudden it kind of throws off the rest of the game. Like they're actively playing the game out front of everyone else. It's like this is a good time to get rid of them. Plus, you get rid of one, the other one becomes, uh, you know, kind of one arm behind their back, and that becomes a player you can actually align with eventually. You know, or maybe they can help you out. So I don't disagree. I think maybe Bowie's plan is I'm going to take out some of the we'll call them floaters, um, and then I will let the two sides take their shots at each other. I'll watch from the sidelines, and then. Bada bing, bada boom. I'll be in the final three trying to win this thing. Right. No, I, not. Ow. Uh, the rest of the house is already on board with it. Like, you're not you're not really wasting a, your HOH here because the whole house is going to help you vote for whoever you want. Or they both go home, or one of them goes home and it's fine, you know? So. I was thinking Blue and Felicia, uh, perhaps, but uh, Felicia and Sari, um works out for, for Bowie, and, and that's kind of where we sit. Rolling into the remainder of the week here on Big Brother. Uh, quick yeah. look over at Fantasy for Reality. Will is still rolling. Five players left in the game to my three. 390 to 259. Who, who, who is the top point earner in this game? Um, I, my money would be on Cam, and Cam is Cam is that guy. Mm-hmm. Winning. Uh, yep. sw- switch over to Survivor. Um. I love that we have opening credits again for the first time in a really long time. We get the theme song. We get all the characters. We even They even give us Hannah Rose, who quit in the first episode, face planning, like into mm-hmm. the, in her in the, in the intro. Uh, it's, it's part of the longer episode. And speaking of Hannah, we're coming off of her quitting. And we dive right in with Emily. Like, let, let's, we, let's talk about Emily in, in, the, in the entirety of this episode. <laughs> it starts really bad. She is really going at it with Sabaya, but by the end of the episode, there seems to be some level of awareness from her. What what do you what are your thoughts on her ability to kind of go forward in this game? 
Emily in general. Uh, I feel like if she... I mean, you kind of see this evolution of her throughout the episode. I feel like if she kind of pulls back a little bit, is it so abrupt and upfront with her thoughts and feelings and just kind of like chills a little bit? It could work out because she is a decent player for all I, for I can tell. She understands the game and what's happening. She's very aware of her surroundings. Unfortunately, she's not aware of how she comes off in her surroundings. Um, but I think Sabaya, especially in this episode, she takes a harder stance on Emily where I'm like, you're not gonna give this girl a chance at all, are you? Like, it's pretty, pretty much cut and dry for her, which I understand she hasn't done much for you, but like, Brandon's a fucking waste of a person on your team. Like, really bad. Like, Emily can at least do stuff and like has proven that she understands the game and isn't gonna quit or like act like she's gonna quit. So, I don't know. I, I kind of felt, felt, uh, helped, uh, my, my, Feelings for Emily changed as this episode went on because you can actually see who she's like figuring out what she needs to do to kind of make herself the last year. But it's kind of a tough sledding for her because she started off on a real bad foot with this whole team. <laughs> she's very much a like person who's come of age in the pandemic, right? Like she's been a data analyst locked away, <laughs> getting with any other humans and not really yeah. skills. Yeah. Uh, and- but Caleb, Caleb was awesome. Caleb was like, I'm going to take her under my. Like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to give up on her because honestly, if she sticks around, this could be a person in my to help me. Yeah. Great move on his part. That guy's actually playing the game, and and she's not terrible at competitions. No. So yeah, and they they do, they all go scramble for idols, and like, Emily, uh, um, Zavai's like, oh Emily, I'm going to come with you, and they want to meet. They want us to all pair off. She's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. And she gets it. She's like, no, y'all just don't want me to get thought about myself, which, yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> Not you personally, but just in general, we don't want somebody to have it by themselves. So, and Brandon does find the, the, the beware advantage and he doesn't really want to open it. So he gives it to Zabaya. Um, and I, I felt like he should have played that up a little more like, hey, like, no, I want you to have this. Not I'm scared to open it. Well, as we know with Brandon, he's pretty honest and uh, he's had a hard, hard way of sh- sharing that sh- hard way of hiding any of his emotions there. I do think it was pretty smart on his point part, knowing that like, yeah, most likely I'm not going to figure this out even if I do open this today. So like my, my, my vote's screwed anyway. So over at the red Reba tribe, um, J Maya, I think is how you say her name. Uh, she is like really into like, Hey, this team flag has a code on it. And I, and, and they start, see, they start doing the stuff like it's limitless with Bradley Cooper. And studying this thing so closely meanwhile austin's just sitting there waiting for someone everyone to leave yeah. so he can get up and and like there's no way anyone could have fa- figured out what this was without the decoder yeah half letters they weren't the, the letters that the, the things didn't resemble something no uh and, but he just learns the where uh this fallen oak or fallen tree x fallen oak tree x which yep. remind me like he did eventually find the thing right no that's in the next episode yeah, they tease it. They because uh, he he befriends what's his name, tall, skinny, beanpole dude, and basically he's like, "Yeah, we'll find it together." Crazy drunk Uncle Bruce. Oh man, like I I can't. It, it's like some people really like him, and some people are kind of out on him over there at, at the Blue Tribe. Uh, one girl, like literally, is just like he is full of shit. He's like, like no one's seeing this, but like he, I, I know he kind of says in his interviews that like he's playing this up. And like part of it's an act, but I'm also like, how much of this is an act? Because he's like pretty good at doing this. <laughs> and then I, I like it. He's doing well. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and Bruce is one of the three people that get to get, get picked up on the boat. It's him, Brandon and Drew. And 
they go do the walk the path. Brandon can't even walk the path without tripping and falling down and um, on the rocks. Oh my I'm god! Surprised he didn't hurt himself. <laughs> it didn't just quit there. <laughs> uh, and they have to risk their their vote to play for this advantage in the game. And they, um, Bruce elects to not play, and the other two do play. And Drew wins it, but Brandon Brandon runs out of time because he can't do matching apparently. Like, this kid is so bad. Safety without power is, is what they win, which like I think is just a cool advantage. Uh, like you can just like get up and leave tribal without participating all the way until the final ten, which That's is crazy. Pretty- and but I, Drew goes and tells everyone everything. This is what I have. This is what happened, and which I guess has some merit to it. But like I feel like you should like seed a little of something to yourself. Yep. Um, but I guess this way they know you don't have an actual idol and they know you're, you're letting them know like if you guys put votes on me I'll just get up and leave Yeah, I know about it right Yeah. but um we go to the immunity challenge uh, new rule which I think will come into play particularly as the yellow team keeps losing all their players yep. out, uh, two challenges in a row and tribal not resetting it so as Everyone has to play two people down here going forward. Two people, right? Yeah, this is just episode. Yeah, two. Um, so we jump into this challenge, though. It's a swimming platform, relay challenge, all the things. Uh, Lulu, the yellow team, familiar place. They're dead last. Drew's crushing it for red. Brando's doing work for blue. And uh, red, red ends up winning the thing. Blue takes second. And Lulu is like, not even close. They don't. They haven't barely even made it to the puzzle when the other two are finished, and they're headed back to tribal. Uh, it, they might be one of the worst tribes in the history of the show. <laughs> I, re- I really, I really feel like that. They, I, I can't recall. There, there was the season that Denise and Malcolm were originally on. I can't remember the the name of it. Their tribe got down to the two of them. Everyone else went home, and then they put one of them on each of the two tribes uh, because their tribe. Oh my god. That's the only thing I can think of as far as a really bad try, but those two players were really great players. All time. I mean, Caleb, Caleb and Sabaya could be really good. Caleb has proven to be pretty solid already. Sabaya is pretty strong. So, like, I, I feel like they're kind of just pulling dead weight for sure. But, like, Brandon is so bad. Like, this kid is, like, worthless. Like, he, he is an inside kid, as you would call him, right? He's a front of the TV on, with a controller in his hand kind of guy. He admits it. He's not afraid to admit it, but, like, this is not for him, and it sucks for this other team where it's like they have two strong players plus Emily, who seems competent in most of these things. It just they're getting outnumbered, especially with Austin. They get Austin by himself is like a one man team. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah i I don't know how a guy like Brandon doesn't know who he is going out there, right? Like, I mean, I think he does, but the the show casts these people for a reason, right? Because he is making this tougher on someone else. I mean, like it's good TV, right? Yeah, L- Lulu. Speaking of tough runs, someone else. I mentioned it earlier in the pod, the Special Forces show. Uh, Tara Reed is so bad on the show that she can't carry her big heavy backpack. So then Tyler Cameron has to carry two backpacks. Oh God! And um, yeah, Tara Reed, uh, re- really, really poor competitor. Her and Black China both. Uh, anyhow, Sabaya though <laughs> finds the idol. But it's enclosed in a candle. Meanwhile, this tribe does not have a fire to melt the candle to get the idol. Which, well, like, wouldn't the sun do a good enough job? I don't think so. But yes, you have to put it, like, really close. I mean, it'd be like 120 and just sit out in the middle of the sun baking. 
the sun. Yeah. I was like, also, does it have to burn? Can you just crack it open? You just rip yeah. it open, you know, like whittle it off. It. You have a machete, right? Just whittle, whittle the, the wax off. I don't know. Right. But I mean, it does say burn. You have to burn it to use it. So like there is a actual technical term. I'm sure they asked the producer, like, can I just crack this open? I mean, like, I feel like that'd be something you'd have to get to ask. I want to see Sabaya roll into tribal council and go set it by the fireplace. Yeah. Filibuster the whole time until it melts so she can go get it. Uh, yeah. Like, cool, my candle melted. I, I have an idol now. Yeah. It, but it's just comical. This is where this team is at. They literally can't get out of their own way. They finally get something in advantage, but because they can't win anything else, they screw themselves again. Like, it's just one thing after another. Everyone seems to agree it's Emily or Brandon going home at Tribal, which is no surprise. Um, Brandon is very loyal, but has no strengths to speak of. Emily's played too hard, but seems to have taken feedback fairly well. And But Brandon's the one kind of being pitched as the team water boy. Is that a good analysis of who he is? Basically, he's basically like cheering everyone on. I mean, like people do, they actually like him. Like they, they admit to it, like he's a likable guy and he knows that's his strength. So I'm like, yeah, Waterboy seems good, right? Just pumping everybody up, making sure everyone feels good. Yeah, he's voted out 3-0. Uh, yeah. Whoops. I guess it would have been 4-0, right? But uh, 3 was enough to send him home. Or, or actually, yeah, it was 3-0. They went, two people didn't have votes. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Him being one of them, right? Yeah, him and... uh. Well, Sabaya has a real idol, so... I, I think it was just him, and he can't vote. Oh gosh! No, no, it was just it was two votes. It was, it was he and Emily couldn't vote. What? Why? Uh, Sabai 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 couldn't vote because she has the uh, beware. He couldn't vote because he lost his vote at the beginning. Remember, he was part of that team, wasn't that what it was? He's part of that team that didn't win. Oh, he he went to the to the island. Oh, he went to the thing. Didn't didn't, didn't win it. Didn't win the. Yeah, exactly. He didn't win the thing, so he lost his vote. So there's only two votes. Which Wait, I mean, there's there's there was three votes. There's only four of them. There's, it's a, it was a six-person tribe. There's five of them now, right? Brandon, Sabaya, Emily. Oh, and then the guy, the, the yeah, that's right. There's five of them. So yeah, it's three. Sorry. Yep. Yep. But so let's think about this. If Emily is that worried about going home, and other people have talked about not having a vote, except maybe Sabaya wasn't that clear of it. But like, maybe there could have been some politicking. Like, hey, <laughs> she doesn't have a vote. We could vote a different way if we wanted. But Brandon was obvious choice. But I just thought maybe there's more some politicking that could have been done here. Sabaya, so okay, I got it. She can't vote because she hasn't melted the candle yet. Right, she has the buyer, the beware one. Yep, yep. Got it. I, I, I didn't connect the dots on on those two things, and I should have. Anyhow, he goes home. Like usually, like the first couple episodes of Survivor are a little more like oomph to them, but I think like this tribe being so bad is going to drag down the first two episodes. Um, so I'm hoping uh, things take off here in in uh, the third episode. Yeah, I mean, like it is. We it's only second second episode, but these this team has sucked up all of the uh, storyline the last two weeks. So I mean, I get it. I, I do still find it interesting how bad this team is, though. <laughs> but I think this is going to start changing now that they got rid of Brandon. Yeah, the and some of the people that are there, like not on this tribe, like are getting no screen time. <laughs> um, like I still don't really know who D is, or and Brando is not getting a lot of screen time. Um. Uh, and, and, a, and a few others, but we'll, we will get more of them as it goes. Uh, Fantasy for Reality, it's another game that's live right now, Survivor. Uh, will is winning that one, mostly courtesy of Hannah quitting on me in the first week, um, but 670 to 540, plenty of time to sign up for that, or the Big Brother game, or the Bachelor in Paradise game, or the Golden Bachelor game, because they are all still cranking along. 
Let's shift gears quickly over to the Challenge USA Season 2. Um, Michelle rode the fence last week real well, right? Uh, played both sides and put Desi and Ch- Chanel in a, in a tough spot. And, and they, they both kind of come in this week apologizing to Tori because like, they thought they were going to get Tori into the elimination. That didn't happen. And everyone's gunning for it to be a girl's day. Like I, I, we feel like we kind of got the guys down to where we needed them to. But I think th- even after this episode, there's we're going to still drop one guy and girl in a double elimination next week to, to, I believe, go four and four in the finale. Makes sense. Which we've, we've trimmed it pretty well. Um, it was interesting this week. Um. Michelle does her Michelle down thing and really gets into it with, with Michaela. Um, but we also see Josh turning into like emotional Josh again. He's in tears, not because he's like upset. It's because he thinks he needs to earn his spot. He wants to prove something. I'm like, this isn't where you need to go get a skull to go make it to the final, Josh. All right. I understand that like maybe you have an inferiority complex when you look at Corey Bananas and Fessy and. And, and now Chris Underwood, who's having a great season, like uh-huh. they've earned their stripes. Maybe maybe Fessy hasn't, so to speak, here because I don't. I'm pretty sure Fessy hasn't seen an elimination, and everyone else has. But um, they all want a girls' day. Uh, Josh and Michelle, the two, voted in um, after. Um, sorry, after Chris and Desi win at the most opportune time, right? Um. They, the they, Chris, and the Survivor crew kind of just outsmarted everyone in in the challenge, which uh, was really the first downfall for for the vets this year. Um, if if there's a girls challenge, will, and you have Michelle for sure going in there, and you're the house, who are you trying to get Michelle matched up against? Uh, I mean. Do if I want to send her home, I put her up against like Michaela. If I want her to come back, I put Chanel. Okay, not it, it ends. Chanel is one of the options. It ends up being Cassidy that goes down in there. To oh, fake. oh yeah. yeah, I forgot about Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cassidy has been crushing these things. She's already yeah, two, true. and they they play a really cool game called Hot Wheel, which has nothing to do with small cars. Um, <laughs> but it's it's this big steering wheel. Not unlike the one we'd already seen in the in the in the in the final, where the, but that one was to spin a cylinder to get the person off the top. This one is to fight the person on the other end to light a, a series of torches as you spin that steering wheel, and, and and it's also like pushes and pulls. So it's also a bit of a tug of war. And Cassidy annihilates Michelle, annihilates her, her third win, and is going to be really interesting. If she's in there again next week in the final uh, women's and as part of a double elimination, like I don't think you want to face her. Like she's you, you get a certain level of confidence down there. Uh, I I do think the other girls are probably better competitors, but when you go three and zero, that's that's tough to compete against. Yeah, yep. I don't. I I think Josh probably loses to anyone. In the final men's elimination, bananas, Fessy, or Corey, I don't, I don't see a comp. 
unless it's maybe some like mental thing and he goes against Corey. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's very possible he could win something like he is in really good shape this season, but that's a tough sled against those dudes. Um, Plus, like, as we know, Josh's tendency to freak out, get emotional and like will sink his own game. So very possible. But uh, that's a pretty solid lineup there. I mean, if Chris doesn't win the comp next week, he'll be the the nom. Yeah. But when you have a double elimination, I guess everybody gets two balls in a double elimination, right? Each comp- you get to drop two balls into the hopper. Mm-hmm. Although they could really zig and only give you one, and mm-hmm. could really shake things up if everybody only had one and you had the strategic. You would have a lot of balls spread out across a lot of people trying to yeah. match up, which I think would be actually now that I think about it, that would be an amazing kind of zig for the final one. You only get one ball. Use it. Use it strategically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of sucks because like Chris has done everything in his power to stay around, and like they're just not going to ever cut him slack. And it's like at this point, I'm like, if I'm one of those guys, I could, I'd be like, this guy's earned it. Like this guy should be here. <laughs> Probably the most deserving person on the cast. Yeah, I mean, and it would be tough to say who should go home. I mean, I would lean toward Josh, my own personal preference. But from those other guys, I'm like, I don't know. Who do you? Yes. Yeah. Who do I not want to face in the finale? Right. Yeah. I mean, Chris has proven to be pretty hard out, so like he's going to be tough no matter what. Yeah, I think Bananas and Fessy probably run the best as far as a f- final running. Uh, on the women's side, like I think, I think Michaela is the the obvious pick, but I don't know how well she does uh, on on puzzles and such. But but she's yeah. the strongest, especially I- on your own. Like you got to imagine this is an individual, right? Like you're not. Gonna, or you think this gonna be pairs? I bet it's both. Yeah, part of like half an hour. Yeah. But yeah. right. cool. Any other um, odds or ends before we go? Oh, no, it's been a great week. Uh, below Deck is the new Below Deck Med is off to a pretty good start. Uh, last night's episode was pretty interesting. Uh, and also Southern Charm is off to a super strong start. So uh, if you're not watching those, get on it. Yeah, Southern Charm, Salt Lake. I'm, I'm watching both Salt of Lake. Uh, I have Med recorded. I haven't been able to start the season. I've just been, there's so much on right now. And that one is kind of. Suffered uh, my my viewing, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Winterhouse is going to be back here in two weeks. And all the goodness, all the goodness, 500 episodes. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> big, 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 big megapod. And we didn't do it at the top, Will. So maybe we'll do it here. You want to remind everybody where they can find us online? Find us on Twitter at After Reality Pod. Like the After Reality TV podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at After Reality Podcast. Subscribe or download them Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Stitcher. Check our website, AfterRallyPodcast.com. You can find me at iPhillover45, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find me on the Twitter at Spencer Kitley, at Fantasy4Reality on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find at or you can find Kate Gunderson on Instagram, and I think on TikTok, Kate Stern Gunderson. And until we chat again next time, we remind you we like bears and Mexican food. We remind you this tribe is spoken, and all is fair in love, war, challenges. <laughs>